You're listening to Save the Date, the number one podcast about all things weddingy. And it's number one because of you. You, the individual that's listening in your headphones, I don't know where you are right now, but I thank you. We're up to episode 80 of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. If you are a new listener, welcome. I uh, very much appreciate your time. That's all I'm going to say. I appreciate your time. I'm Alicia, the host, and today is Q&A Thursday or whatever day you're listening to this episode. Hope you're enjoying your wedding planning journey. If I can help you out, I bloody well will in any way possible. And uh, feel free to email me. Email me questions, ponders, queries. Is ponders? That's it's probably not used in the correct term. Like uh, Haley Erin at Haley Erin six, she tweeted me this week and said, "I love the podcast. It totally feeds my wedding addiction." I think that's good. I if you I was feeding other addictions, I'd be worried. But a wedding addiction's fine. Just take a couple of Pinterest boards and lie down. Makes no sense. Hey, this week, um, I decided I needed to chill out a little bit and <laughs> I love face masks. I don't know about you. I think a few episodes, a few episodes, probably like 55 to 60 episodes ago, I had the wonderful Jess from, um, the budget savvy bride on and she talked all about making your own homemade face masks and it's a gem, especially if you have leftover fruit and veg. You want to just smash up with a bit of av or some yogurt or some honey, pop it on your face, feels really good. However, I found some uh, wonderful face masks at a, a, a pharmacy or a drugstore, if you're in America, uh, called Boots. And it's sort of like a big shop where you can buy all your cosmetics and things. Not as good as Sephora. We don't have that in London yet. A little disappointing. However, I found these face masks and they've sort of got crazy, oh, they're crazy flavors and weird colors. And it just happened to be this week that I popped one of these face masks on and it was a seaweed face mask. So it was really dark black sort of, it looked like tar. It was really strange, but it smelled delicious. You could just eat that thing right out of the packet. Um, it just so happened that Rich was out at the time and he came home while I was in the bathroom. I yelled, hello, husband. And then when I came out, I think he nearly crapped his pants because he was not expecting the creature from the dead to walk out of our bathroom. <laughs> and it was just a little pamper time. I hadn't pre-warned him. It was sort of dripping off my face like some sort of zombie. It wasn't great. I will say I had to sit on the couch watching the Netflix with Rich with a towel underneath me because this thing, it didn't stay. So it was sort of like a really bad cosmetic procedure, my face just dripping off. But it cleared the pores. It really felt lovely afterwards. There probably won't be sex for a month after me coming out of the bedroom like that and scaring the hell out of Rich. But, you know, we'll work back to it. And, you know, I felt fresh. And get this, the face mask cost me £1.99p. That's the equivalent of about 3 bucks US. So I want to say to you, my whole point to this is... Well, firstly, pre-warn your partner. If you're wearing the Creature from the Dead face mask, pre-warn them because their penis just may shrink inside their pants and never come out again. Also, take a moment. Take a moment. It doesn't cost you hundreds of dollars to go and sit with a lady and talk about your pores and be upsold lots of beauty products because that happens when you go to these events and these uh, these sort of appointments. I love you beauticians, but you can scare me with your upselling slightly. And... 
watch Netflix. I'm enjoying Orange is the New Black at the moment. And enjoy yourself, relax, look after yourself. There it is. It's my message for you. Shall we get on with the Q&A? I think we should. A wee baby update from a Q&A question from a couple of weeks ago. If you remember, Victoria wrote to me, do you remember this? Do you remember? That sounded a little threatening. Victoria did write to me. I'm going to I'm going to help your memory here. And she was asking all about wedding makeup and that she'd found a lovely makeup artist, but she didn't do hair and she was a bit concerned about having to double up and find another person and maybe let this makeup artist down, but she asked me my advice and I gave it to her. Victoria was also the wonderful listener who was very keen on my idea, which I'm trying to become a viral cult idea because I love it so much, of giving people books as wedding favours. It doesn't have to be new books. They could be secondhand books. You can buy them off the interwebs. You can buy them from charity shops. doesn't matter. And look, she's written back. She's given me a report. I thought I'd share that with you. She says, Alicia, thank you so much for your response. And... Uh, <laughs> And giving me some special practical advice. I really was excited to get the response. I also wanted to let you know that your podcast has given me the confidence to talk about money in a less awkward way. Although I still find it tricky, I end up saying, this is the top end of my budget, so I just need to discuss it with my fiancé. Yes, Victoria, this is great. Which is ultimately be good. Be good is a new word because it gives me some more time. Excellent point, Victoria. You you have to come up with the phrasing and the words that make you feel comfortable while also not agreeing on the spot to a quote and not feeling pressured. Because I think you're like me, Victoria. You sometimes feel a little bit like you want to be polite. You don't want to let someone down. However, sometimes what people are offering is perhaps out of your budget or unreasonable or completely mental. But out of politeness, you go, yes, yes, I'll do it. And then you go home and freak out. It's sort of like when you're also at the hairdresser and they go, how do you feel about having a really thick, heavy fringe? Or would you like some, would you like some peroxide streaks? And idiot, not now, I'm better at it now, would go, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think that's really exactly what I want, but sure. And then they're already foiling the hair and they've cut the bangs. Just saying. I'm I'm being stronger every day. I'm actually much better at it now. But the fact, Victoria, you've come up with this phrase, I'll read it again for you so you can take note. This is the top end of my budget, so I'm going to have to go and discuss this with my fiancé, is very reasonable and polite, and they can't really come back and complain. She goes on. Anyway, we have decided to choose 10 books each and then source them and individually choose a personal title for each of our guests. Wow, that's a lot of work, but good, Victoria, I'm happy. My mum works in research and loves that sort of thing, so she's involved too. Oh, that's good. Get mum involved. Get her to do some of the hard yards. I appreciate that. I also want to write a personal message on the inside of each cover. My titles so far are Where Angels Fear to Tread, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, The Handmaid's Tale. Oh my God. If you haven't read The Handmaid's Tale, just buy it now. It's amazing. Margaret Atwood. I met her at a book signing this year and she's got the most amazing Margaret Atwood voice. She speaks, she's Canadian, she's quite dry, but possibly one of the most interesting writers ever. My favorite. A Room of My Own and The Little Prince. Also a beautiful, beautiful story. Oh, it's the perfect gift. I'm a feminist too. My fiancé likes Graham Greene. Yes, John Le Carre. 
I think I've said his name correctly, and Raymond Chandler. But he's a bit worried about how much it's all going to cost. Have a great week. Lots of love, Victoria. Victoria, I don't think you need to worry about it. It's probably, you think about it, if you go around, um, there's a great website called Booko, B-O-O-K-O-O, and it is an Australian-owned run website, but now they have international editions where you can find the cheapest uh, postage and also the cheapest title of the cost of the book internationally. It's fabulous. I use it all the time. I do believe they also do secondhand books. Another thing is to inquire with booksellers about bulk discounts. And again, like I've said, it doesn't have to be new. And I think there's something quite special about about buying lovely secondhand books. It's I'm a big Kindle reader, but there is nothing better than holding a book that you know other people have read, flicking through and smelling that lovely book smell. You may not agree with me, but there's something about it that I just think is a bit classy and a bit nice and a bit cultured, as we all are. Thank you, Victoria, for your wonderful feedback. I very much appreciate it. And also, if you're listening and I've answered your question and you have more to say, or you want to give me a bit of feedback or report back about how my advice went, good or bad, I would love to hear from you. I often get tweets saying, thanks for reading my stuff out. And, you know, geez, it'd just be good to hear more. Okay, next question is from the delicious Rachel. Delicious. Thank you so much. Do you like that? I don't know. I don't. She says, uh, thank you so much for your podcast. I'm the kind of person that really loves diving deep and learning about things. And as a newly engaged lady, your podcast is not only informative and hilarious, thank you, but it also connects me to so many more resources. So thank you. I really appreciate that feedback, Rachel. I got engaged about a month ago and have caught up on all your episodes. So I don't think you've covered this, but I know absolutely nothing about flowers. Well, I'm going to help you with that. Actually, you can go back. There is Flower Week, which is uh, episode 68 or and maybe 69 or 69 70. I should know that. I should have written that down. But from memory, that's what it is. Check that out. Uh, so she says, right now, it looks like we won't have the funds to go through a florist. So I would really appreciate if you could find a flower expert or florist and have him or her on the podcast. Well, yes, go back and listen. I guarantee you'll get that information. She says, she goes on. Now, I have an interesting issue that arose last week when I asked a very good friend of mine to be the bridesmaid slash matron. She's married. See, that is correct terminology. Well done, Rachel. Well, that's what I thought I asked her to be. Are you ready for this conundrum? Because it's it's cracking. I know. I know, she says. But they're on Etsy and they were super cute. I think I think cards are just fine. Please don't get me wrong when I say you don't have to buy all the crap to say, please be my bridesmaid. If you're buying a card from Etsy, I fully support you. Uh, she says, and, and when I gave it to her, she got very excited and said, oh, really? Yes. Yes. There were so many exclamation marks. I hope I did that correctly. The next thing I know, she's asking if my sister will mind, which I replied with a confused, no, no. Then she said they should get in touch to start talking about planning, etc. I realized she misread the card and thought I asked her to be my co-matron of honor with my sister. I have no idea she would think of it that way. (gasps) That's the appropriate noise. I've just, I've added that there. So my question is, Alicia, do I tell her that she's a bridesmaid and not a matron of honour? She's already told all of her friends, so I'm worried that this will be embarrassing. (laughs) Yes. 
My sister and the other members of the bridal party live many miles away, so she'll be helping me a lot with the wedding. She's also played a role in my fiancé and I getting together. That's another long story. It is not as if I don't think she's a worthy candidate, but I also don't want to be hurtful to my sister. If I don't tell her, do I tell my sister about the mistake and ask her just to go along with it? I'm worried that if I do nothing, this will blow up in my face and result in hurt feelings. Help! Oh, Rachel. Listen. Listen to me. Your dear fairy godmother, bridesmaid slash podcast host friend. I think you've actually sort of answered your own question in the question. The big thing is, you've given me big indications here that everyone else lives elsewhere, including your sister. So this friend of yours, who is the faux matron of honor, Foco matron of honor, that's what you should call her, Foco matron of honor. Put her on a t-shirt, she'll love it. She's the one that's going to be there helping you in in a more physical sense. So I think your sister will totally understand it. If you explain it to her, maybe you tell her the story exactly how you've told us. And you say, look, I love you very much, sister, but I've also mistakenly asked this wonderful friend to be a co-matron of honor. I think she'll be delighted. I think she's going to be very reasonable because you're very reasonable and that probably will just run in the family. And one thing I always say in these conundrum situations is to think backwards think of what would happen pros and cons list go back old school here if you were to depromote your lovely friend will she be hurt feelings yes is it going to probably be more trouble than it's worth yes can you just talk to your sister and say look it's a title who cares to be honest it's a title and it really depends also what you're expecting of your wonderful maid of honor, matron of honor, and the bridesmaids, I really believe they all sort of do the same thing. Besides giving a speech, perhaps one way you could get around this, if if your sister is going to be giving the speech, you could just say to your friend, I would really like my sister to make the speech. I hope you don't mind. And I'm sure she'll be saying, no, that's fine. If she also wants to get up, give her five minutes, maybe not five, give her two minutes to get up and say something as well. I think you need to manage this situation so no feelings are hurt and to be very aware that if she is the person on the ground, maybe it's lovely to be giving her that extra bit of responsibility. And from the sound of her response, she was delighted and that is wonderful. I'm going to make an assumption that your maid of honours, that's also quite cute as well, uh, and bridesmaids will probably be wearing a similar outfit or the same outfit and it's really just about them being there for you on the day so I can absolutely see how this Seinfeld style curb your enthusiasm style nightmare that you've created by accident could be a bit of a Debbie Downer for you and could possibly be stressing you out but I want you to understand that it's really not a big deal that it's probably easier to just brush under the carpet and have a bit of a laugh about it it depends how your relationship is with her. I mean, if you, yeah, some people, I think you could say, oh, by the way, I actually ask you to be my bridesmaid, not my maid of honor, but wow, that's really funny. Some people might take that in a bad way. So I think you need to judge that situation yourself. I honestly think you should just allow her to believe that's what the job is, go along with it, have a chat to your sister, and hopefully it's all just smooth sailing and fun times. But do be aware 
that if you are going to go along with this, just make sure that they both know where they stand with the organising, who's doing speeches if that's going to happen, and really working together to help you out. And to be honest, two maids of honours, maids of honours, I don't know if that's correct, are probably better than one because they can split the split the whole jobs, split the responsibilities and work together. And I love that your friend is already saying, oh, I've got to get in touch with your sister. I'm really looking forward to this. Use this as a positive, Rachel. I think this is a really good thing. You've got two people that absolutely love and adore you and want to be a part of your wedding day and help you out. So take all that help. Take it. Thanks, Rachel, for sharing that with me. And uh, I, I also encourage you to go back to the episodes about the floral arrangement. They are, I've looked it up now on my own website. Episode 70 was the wedding Q&A episode. And episode 69 was entitled How Not to Break the Bank with Your Wedding Flowers. So go back and check those out. I do talk a lot about how I ask some really good, if I do say so myself, solid interviews with a couple of florists who give some very practical advice about creating your own floral arrangements, but also how to work with a florist if you're on quite a tight squeegee budget. So do go back and look at that. Time for one more question on this lovely Q&A episode. This is from Stephanie and uh, she says to me, okay, I love my venue. Don't get me wrong. Even though our wedding isn't for another year, we've already booked it and started making payments. Very wise very wise. The menu, however, is bothering me to no end. The menu is one that I can pick and choose from, but it lists a lot of everyday foods, aka aka pizza, potato cakes, very greasy, but almost a staple food in my area. The boring shrimp cocktail, roast beef, you get the idea. I really wanted something of a dessert bar, all of the things you need to stay away from when you're on a diet. (laughs) Things you wouldn't find in the dessert menu of a fancy restaurant. Yes, our wedding cake is actually going to be a cheesecake. Oh, sounds delicious. And I'm so glad for that. But I want more fancy desserts to make the day more special. However, when I asked about having just desserts, the coordinator gave me the impression that they don't like veering from the original menu. What can I do? The venue does have their own baker. Should I call them and tell them I won't take no for an answer? Or do I try and compromise? My fiancé thinks it's fine. Of course, he grew up eating pizza and potato cakes. I always thought our wedding was supposed to be very special and a day not to be forgotten easily. Are my expectations too high for the venue? Please send any advice you can spare my way. Oh, I adore you. She says, P.S. I'm a big fan. I love your accent. I listen to your podcast every day on the bus on my way to work. So hilarious. So sweet. I really feel like I have a best friend to make me feel better about planning my wedding. Honestly, Stephanie, I love your bones. I really do. That is just the most nice, the most nice thing ever. Again, terrible grammar this episode. I do apologize. I've not been drinking. Uh, here it is, Stephanie. I do believe you need to get exactly what you want out of this situation. I find often with venues where they are doing set menus, with venues where they are presenting a formatted sort of menu that's coming along with specific foods, that sometimes, now this this may not be the case for 100% of the venues, sometimes if you are very open to them 
and you provide them with specifics, what you actually want them to make, perhaps taking along maybe a Pinterest board, maybe you can print some recipes and photographs out, that if you guide them in the right direction, they're far more willing to go along with what you want them to do. It sounds a little bit like you are after a dessert table or a dessert buffet, which is amazing. And to be honest, if you are having a cheesecake for your cake, which I love, oh, cheesecake is like my favorite cake, then it's not, I think, difficult to ask them instead of actually serving a plated dessert, which is I'm assuming what they're going to be doing with a set menu, that, that they then make a whole table of lovely dessert. So instead of having one or, or an alternative drop, if that's what you're doing, say instead of plating all these desserts, we would like them on one table in a very fancy arrangement. You can also offer to bring in certain decor items. If you go to Pinterest and look up dessert tables, you'll see lots of inspiration when it comes to how to set up a dessert table using different levels and heights. I always think that's where it comes from, where the magic happens, where you're using, we used a big bobbin, a big sort of industrial bobbin, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know how to describe this without using my hands and you can't see my hands. It's like a big cake plate, but it was used uh, to put rope around, a rope holder thing. You know what I'm talking about. But we had those and we set the cakes on those and we had lots of different vintage cake plates that we hired. They were very inexpensive, but added a really vintage sort of feel to our dessert table. And what I did to the dessert table, we had a friend make all the cakes my friend Kath made them. They were beautiful. And then Cake Inc. was who made our actual tiered cake. And the beautiful thing about our cake was there was only one level of actual layer of one actual cake. And the rest was all polystyrene, which sat in our garage for about, I don't know, two years. And it still smelt wonderful. And then I got lots of beautiful little bowls. I bought them from the charity shop, just vintage bowls that matched the decor of the house we got married in. And I filled it up with lots of sweeties and candies and yummy things that people were delighted by. I watched people walk around while we were on the dance floor eating these lollies and having a lovely time. It was almost like they were kids. So we added all of these levels to the dessert table that were really inexpensive. But when you looked at the table, it looked full and just you wanted to put your face in it. So I think, Steph, when you go and talk to your venue, you could say perhaps with the compromise is that maybe they come up with three or four desserts that they can layer and display on this wonderful table that you perhaps propose, as you said, something a bit classier than a standard dessert that they might be serving in the restaurant or in the venue. And then you could bring in, with their permission, which should be fine, talk to me. If not, I'll give them a call. Gosh, I wish I could do that. And you could bring in some added extras to really zazz it up. Perhaps you could get a cake plate and off Amazon, you could order in bulk lots of beautiful chocolates with all those little creamy centers. Oh my God, so good. And you could stack them up on the cake plates. This stuff doesn't have to be expensive, but it can look really impressive and a bit Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. That's my idea. I think if you start a dialogue with your venue and say to them, this is what I've had my heart set on, 
A lot of venues will go out of their way to really help you out, but you have to communicate that with them. They're not mind readers and all they can say is no. And then if they say no, you can come back and then start the compromise. I always find in negotiating in any part of life is you aim higher than what you want. If you want a pay rise, you always add on an extra couple of grand because you know they're going to probably come back and negotiate you down even more. So in this situation, go in with the big gun. Say, I would like this. Take along a photo, take along the menu, take along everything they need so that they know what you want. And then if they're not willing to budge, then come up with the compromise. That's my advice to you. I do so appreciate you sending your wonderful words and sentiments. It's just made my day and uh, I wish you the best. And also, as I said earlier on in the podcast, if I've answered your question, keep in touch. Let me know how you go. I'm delighted to hear the results. And also, if I've helped you along the way and you are posting your wedding photos on the social medias, the Instagrams, the Twitters, the Facebooks, share share it with me. I'd love to see the end result. And maybe you're not listening because you're like, I've gotten married now, Alicia. I'm waiting for your next podcast, which by the way, is coming. It really is. I'm not going to bore you with it now. I'll promote it when it comes. So if you have a question, visit savethedatepodcast.com. I am really excited about the next couple of weeks. Got lots and lots of top topics. And actually, The next two shows I have are listener-generated themes. I have been emailed um, suggesting some great topics, and I'm delighted when you do that. So do do that. If you think, oh, Alicia hasn't covered something, well, get on to me. Make it happen. I hope you're having a fabulous week. Get your weird creature-from-the-sea face masks and scare your partners for me. So Rich doesn't think he's the only one coming home to a weird wife with the face mask on. Relax, have a delightful time. And until next Save the Date Wedding podcast, I wish you happy days. Save the Date Wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.